0: What's going on, guys? My name is Connor. Welcome back to another episode of Throwback Thursday Reviews, episode 2. My name is Connor, and today in this second episode of Throwback Thursday Reviews, Austin and I review WCW Cade 2000. Let's get into it.
1: What's happening, wrestling fans? This is Conrad Cushman from Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans, and we drop a podcast every Wednesday, and you can catch us on Saturdays on Brainbuster Radio, and right now, you're listening to Connor Knows Wrestling Podcasts.
0: What's going on, guys? Happy Thursday. My name is Connor, and welcome back to another episode of the Connor Knows Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back to episode two of Throwback Thursday Reviews. I'm joined, as always, by my man, Austin Stroop. Austin, how you doing? I'm doing great today, Connor. Now, Austin, tell the people what we are reviewing for episode
1: two of Throwback Thursday Reviews. WCW Star K 2000 Yay. I'm so looking forward to this review.
0: I'm telling y'all right now, I did not have fun watching this. <clears throat> anyway, we are in Washington. We are uh we are in Washington, DC. Here hosts are Tony Schiavone, Mark, Mark Madden, and Scott Hudson. Uh we are joined by Chavo Guerrero Jr., now liberated from the misfits in action and freshly crowned as cruiserweight champion. So our first match is three count versus Evan Karagias and Jamie Noble versus Young Dragons with Leah Meow. Did they did they say Meow or Mio? I'm not sure. It was because
1: I'm I'm looking at this name and I'm thinking like a cat says like Meow. What? There there was another guy in there with a cat gimmick. (laughs) I have no idea. All right, so
0: uh, this is a ladder match to win a title shot at the cruiserweight belt. In other words, it's not really a tag match. Quite why any of them are making tags at the start? Anyone's guess but WCW. The match isn't held uh, by Shannon Moore brutally botching the suplex right off the top and then dropping Kaz on his head. Chavo is talking on commentary about how cruiserweights are coming back to prominence. Well, stealing the show. The show certainly not necessary getting paid for it. But uh, <clears throat> the bunch of, okay, so the teams all realize they can just bail, for the ladders and do so three counts sneak theirs, and first, but the dragons knocked them off. Trouble tells us that the envelope doesn't have a contract in it, but a signed eight by ten. Meh. With the ladder in play, Kaz Moonsaults onto it crushing three count. Uh, crushing three count blows next, blows the next spot, dropping Kaz on his face onto the ladder. Of course, the title shot is tomorrow night on Nitro. Build up the free show using the pay-per-view. Noble on Cargis argue so Yang missile drop kicks in both helms. Decide this would be a good time for a suicide dive. And that cues the dot, and that cues the die spot. Then defies as this as a WCW cruiserweight match. Noble is left alone with the contract, but Yang shoves it over, and Noble wipes out everyone on the floor. Yang starts stacking furniture in his, and he face shooing the ring, even climbs the structure and catches flips. Added, so even. So, Evan Powers lands him off the ladder. Kraut is digging this. It's no TLC or anything. But for uh, WCW, it was pretty entertaining. Helms and Noble battle on the ladder, and Helms hits a net breaker off of it. We get the dueling ladders, and Yang and Moore going up. Helms heads up the other side. Noble, Noble, Sunset flips Helms off, and Moore hits a net breaker on Yang. Meanwhile, Evan grabs a ladder. Noble is on his way up. But Leah Meow takes him down and whips him. Even runs her off. More ladders in there. Evan decides to uh, showboat, but Yang palm stripes him into a flip double team powerbomb from the dragons. Uh, the dragons build up a platform with the ladders. The crowd buzz starts, and they notice how dangerous it all looks. Uh, three count run the dragons into the structure, knocking them both down. Noble into a tombstone more even starts Helms and now Cas is out there again Noble takes a I guess what did they call this move that Noble took like what they call it on commentary what happened uh. it, it says here that Noble takes a pistol off the structure even punches Kaz off there that looked painful even falls into the buckles. Yang versus Helms on the ladder bridge then. Moore flips up to Iran. Him off. Uh, Yang is there. He flips back up. And Noble joins three count. But Helms. Uh, belts him off. Three count are both high up there. And grab the contract together at 13 minutes. Uh, 49 seconds to presumably both earn a, t- a shot at the title. Regardless, no one is beating Chavo anyway. I give this match a uh, I give this match uh three and a half stars. I mean a three and a half out of five. Jeez. Sorry guys for your uh, recording this late. So I gave this uh three and a half out of five. So a three point five out of five. It was a uh, creative spot fest. They got past a few early mistakes and had a good match. And WCW right at the
1: end. Now, Austin, what did you think of this match? Um, right up. So the start of the match was a complete and total mess. I think with the, um, you know, the uh, tagging in the whole tag teams fighting for a chance at a mm-hmm. singles title, and throughout the match, I just really couldn't get over that. There's a few bad botches. Someone got like their face slammed right into a ladder. Not in like the spot kind of way that they usually do, but like it just looked like a brutal botch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, basically, it was just a bunch of cruiserweights having fun with ladders, and I couldn't be mad at it. But I only gave it a two point five. I gave it a I gave it a 3.5 out of five.
0: And if if I'm going too fast, you know, hopefully I didn't go too fast for you guys there. But our next match is Lance Storm with Elix Skipper, major guns, versus Ernest Miller with Miss Jones. So at the start of the match, Storm points out it took America 37 days to do an election. He calls out America's democracy, a joke pointing out the man with the most votes lost. This would be right after the Gore-Bush election. And what was part of Canada is Long Island and Elex. Cat adds another pointless promo requesting Storm take Mark Madden with him back to Canada. This match is merely a backdrop to the angle where Axel Duggen is debating his heel turn and how he uh, like to go back to the USA, but Storm is busy telling him he can't go back because he'll never be forgiven for the turn. The girls, the girls, almost get into a more interesting fight, but Storm ushers uh, Tylene out of the ring, and it must and it must have bothered Storm that uh, his matches only got interested, interesting in WCW when Major John when Major guns jumped in there. Uh, simple fact of the matter is that they never put Storm in with someone who suited him technically Morris Miller and even Awesome Art wrestlers at technically of technically sound matches not on Storm's level so Storm can't do this match Miller blatantly goes low but the ref lets it go for some reason Skipper drops on the apron and bashes Cat in the neck which is also DQ but if low blow gets ignored and, then F it Miller bails to beat the crap out of Skipper and gives Storm an opposing an an opening. Miss Jones goes to kick Storm in the face, but he ducks. The ref gets ko, gets knocked out. Miss Jones and Major Guns get into the crowd, and the crowd gets excited as and the crowd gets excited as does Tony, who starts shouting the hip hip the hip hip as Guns falls. Uh, Storm finally breaks up with a springboard missile dropkick, but the ref is still nursing his face. Uh, Miller comes back with kicks. Jim Dudgeon strolls out there, and the crowd seem happy to see him. He comes in with a 2x4, but doesn't use it. He does bash Miller away anyway, and Storm finishes with the Maple Leaf leg lock at 7 minutes, 25 seconds. I gave this a 1.5. There was no build up on the leg entry and we didn't really need to see Dogin run in on top of Skipper and the catfight. It was nearly good booking, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that they probably have had better match without it. So Austin, what what did you think of this match?
1: Um it was it was okay, but I I I just wasn't entertained by it. Throughout the entire match, they did a bunch of stuff, bunch of, you know, classic wrestling things with, like, the ref getting KO'd and, like, the, uh, the cat fight on the outside, but throughout mm-hmm. it all, I just wasn't entertained at all, but, um, you know, it, w- it was still, like, a wrestling match. It was still okay. I gave it a two.
0: All right. So, post match, uh, Dungeon poses reluctantly with Team Canada, but Guns gets a hold of his wood and Storm puts the boots on, puts the boots to him. Uh, Mill comes back to clean house, even though Dungeon has cost him the match. Uh, backstage, an ambulance arrives for the ambulance match and Awesome is driving it. Elsewhere, Buff Bagwell claims to be the company's new interviewer. Uh, I guess Pam. Pole shock. I have this in the side margin here. I guess pan pole shock got fired in. both interviews the filthy animals, Kidman. Did, did you notice how white, like, I, I'm not going after white people because we're two white people, but did you notice how white Kidman was in this interview? Yeah. He looked like a ghost.
1: Yeah. look like Seamus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, elsewhere, Reno gets abused by the thrillers for hanging around with Vito and Marie. I, with Vito and Marie. Elsewhere, Crowbar actually gets to talk. Daffy squeals at him. Daphne squeals at him. Excuse me, uh, saying he's losing his edge. He sounds like itchy. Terry Funk jumps on him, and we have a hardcore match. Oh boy. Hardcore title, Crowbar versus Terry Funk. Yeah. Daphne, sta- Daphne stands around in the background screaming. Hudson points out the lack of logic in Funk's t- title shot, seeing that they had a qualifying series for the number one contendership, and he didn't win it. As per usual, we get a load of plunder shots this time. uh. At least in the rather novel location of inside of one of the moving trucks, Crowbar gets bailed out of it. Through through a table, Daphne squeals at him, Funk runs her off. More plunder shots, Funk gets his head shut in the door, and a Crowbar has handcuffs. Funk gets a receipt for the door slamming. Although you can't see the foot blocking it, Daphne screams some More uh, Funk cuffs crowbar, but the cuffs aren't close together. Funk tries to re- replicate the Foley rock chair shots, and crowbar tries to mimic Foley's insanity. Uh, luckily for him, Funk only has the energy for two really good chair shots. They head to the ring, and there's another chair shot. Chair shot. The man says he's '80s hardcore like Ginger Lynn. That would make me laugh a little bit. Uh, Table into play, and Funk puts Crowbar on it. Daphne pulls them off. Uh, Zert, Funk goes through after her, but Crowbar is back. Up with shots. Funk has the common sense to block them. Now Crowbar uses the handcuffs as a weapon and chokes Funk out with them. Crowbar with a pedsisto that breaks the table for two. Daphne chair throws funk and celebrates loudly. More chair sharks for crowbar. Well, that's a concussion. Uh, I have that's a concussion. Funk hits a pile driver on a car door, and there's your pen at 10 minutes and 21 seconds. I gave this match a two out of five. Uh, it was a surprisingly hard, uh, energetic, hardcore match. Uh, you have to. Re- I appreciated Funk's effort and felt this was a lot fresher than most of the WCW's hardcore bouts at the time. Austin, what did you think of this match?
1: Uh, I liked it a lot more than you did. I love hardcore matches. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It was just great. They're hitting each other with the car door, or I think only one of them was hitting the other one with the car door. I don't remember. Even though, like I knew how the uh, the door slamming spot was being done, it was still it was still uh, uh, still brutal to see. Um, they went out to the ring eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they did some more cool stuff in there. I gave it a three point five.
0: Three point five out of five.
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot.
0: All right, so our next match. Excuse me, let me uh, get a drink of water. Uh. All right, so excuse me, folks. So our next match is Big Vito, Big Zato with Reno, Big Vito and Reno with Marie versus Chrono. Adams gets the mic and tells Marie they expected full pay expect payment in full. Which of course makes no sense. Are Vito and Reno supposed to be brothers? Uh, and who sorry guys. Uh, nothing from the usual. Okay, here we go. Uh Kronk bailed failed to hit Marie up for the money. Up for the money, which upsets Vito. Only for Cart to hit a friggin' cannonball! A can a freaking a cannonball! Can't speak today. A cannonball, cannonball off the, the apron. Adams appears to be chatting up Marie. Hey, the referee is Ginger. WCW uh, stoops to new deaths. Vito gets picked off and takes the an assortment of abuse from Kronk. Uh, out came the natural born thrillers because they love w- watching mid card crap. Hudson speculates that the thrillers may have paid off. Chronic. Kron- uh, to reach Reno a lesson, Adams with a drop kick. Kronick had have hit more high flying moves in this match than the entire rest of their collective careers. Uh, Reno, Reno is distracted by the thrillers' presence. Vito struggles over and gets the hot tag, and Reno turns on him with the roll up of the with the roll up with the roll of the dice. Then Reno pins Vito for the win, which is apparently legal and uh, counts at eight minutes and eighteen seconds. Uh, Chronic had their. Uh, I, I give this match a one star. Because Kronok uh, had their work boots on for a change. Uh, shame. The angle had such a crappy payoff. And that Florida did nothing.
1: Austin, what'd you get this match? Um, It was really just a wrestling match, wasn't it? There was nothing special about it. After you've been giving it a one, I feel like I'm giving. I'm being a bit generous, but uh, I'll stick with what I have. I gave it a two point five.
0: All right. So next, so post match, Maria's upset. She'll be even more upset when she gets fired. Reno pays off Kronok, and the commentators catch up. Reno goes to celebrate with the thrillers, and Tony explains just how stupid the storyline was. Uh, basically Reno suckered him so that he could pay money to turn on him again. What? That makes no sense at all. Uh Krona threw him in a freebie by giving him the already uh messed up video, the High Times. Backstage recount claim joint member joint number one contender ship Chavo barges into complain about how bad. Paint job they did on his house last week. Travel suckers them and 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 then knocks them both out with the title belt and the heel. And this is I had a, a little thing there. Ambulance match: Bam Bam Bigelow versus Mike Awesome. Uh, by this time, Awesome still uh, has the. Uh, Stupid 70s gimmicks, but strips off the pre match as if to say uh, he's taking this one seriously. This is just a brawl outside around Ringside and trade chair socks to the back, which uh, look like crap after Franken Crowbar. Big manages to put his fist through the back window of the ambulance, which is safety glass, and breaks the like cling film. At least they didn't do, do something dumb, as these real grass back into the ring, which of course makes no sense because you can't win. Uh, they because you can't win in the ring. And Bigelow hits a DDT. Bigelow is bleeding from the window spot. Austin pulls out a table, which usually, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, which uh, I lost my spot. Which gets me, which usually gets me quite excited in ECW or FMW. But with Bigelow, any table spot is going to be uh, contributed. And how and lo and behold, uh, Austin takes a huge run up to allow Bigelow to backdrop him through it. Crowd is bored. Austin gets slammed on the front of the ambulance, and Bigelow starts ripping off the lights. But this isn't a good environment. Austin nails Bigelow uh, with one of the lights. Which is Bigelow's own fault for tearing it off, and Bigelow falls into the ambulance through the roof to take the loss at seven minutes and fifty-six seconds. I I don't know what to give this match. I gave it. I gave it a one and a
1: half. What what was this crap? Man, you really didn't like this, did you? The whole pay-per-view. No.
0: no. So much for that run. So much for the
1: run of better-than-expected matches. You, you know, I I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I had entertainment in it. Well, we have differing opinions. Yeah, yeah. I gave it a three. You gave it a three. Oh, yeah. Alright, let me get a drink of water here. I, I just enjoyed it. I don't know what it was about it. Alright.
0: So, our next match is for the U.S. title. General Reaction. It will be defending against Shane Douglas. No Tory Wilson uh, for Shane Douglas. No Tory Wilson uh, this evening. Shane has himself Yeah, more promo time to try and explain the storyline. When she fails to do, Shane dominates to start. But Morris fires back with shots. They brawl a bit until Shane uses the ropes for a low blow. Then he goes low a half a dozen times, which Morris no-sells. A boar hug from Morris. crowd is suitably bored. Morse goes up looking for a moonsault, but Shane knocks him off. Pile driver. but Shane can't be bothered to pin. Shane works a chin lock for a while, but Morse gets out of it and hits a press slam. They mess it up. They mess up something on the floor. Shane takes a header into the ring post, busting himself open. Slam sets up the moonsault, but this time it misses. Uh, Shane pulls out the Pittsburgh chain, Morris ducks, and out comes Chavo Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero, to throw the chain back to Shane, but he gra- but he uh, grasses uh, Shane up to the referee, and thus resulting in a cheap in a cheap DQ at nine minutes forty six seconds. I gave this. I gave. I gave this a uh, one and a half lousy end to a bad match. I gave this match a one and a half out of five. How could you hate this match? Austin, what did you what did you think of this match?
1: Well, number one, I thought it was great. You don't even want to hear my reasoning. Why?
0: Why Why did you
1: think it was great? Well, because it was, it felt like classic wrestling. There, there were a lot of holds, but it was awesome. I liked it a lot.
0: Okay.
1: 3.5.
0: Jeez. Remind me to never have you pick a pay per view again. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Uh, Post-match, Shane opens up Morris with, cha- with, cha- with, bleh, with chain shots on. Ch- so Chavo runs back in for the saves, who shot- so Shane knocks him out too. Why would Chavo do any of that? None of it makes sense again, Tony points out. Nonsensical, uh, all this is. Yeah, when Tony Schiavone can't even begin to explain what's happening, you know your angles don't make any sense. Uh, We get a promo. Glacier did that last month. Everyone thought it was a joke. Backstage. Buff gets a word with Nash and DDP. They collectively mock the kids from the natural-born thrillers, and Nash in particular isn't taking this seriously. DDP at least makes an attempt to cut a remotely serious promo. Buff asks Nash another question after the interview is over. Uh, after the interview is over. So our next match is Jeff Jarrett with the Harris Brothers versus the Filthy Animals, Conan, Kidman, and Ray Jr. with Tigress. This is billed as a street fight, but Jarrett makes it a bunkhouse match as well, which is a pretty much the same thing. We have all sorts of crap in the ring, including a bar and a popcorn machine. As with the earlier hardcore match and an ambulance match, this is a combination of brawling and plunder shots. Uh, Garrett, excuse me, Jarrett gets his face shoved into the popcorn machine. That's dangerous. Uh, Tony Schiavone, I said that on commentary. Sure, might get some salt in his eyes. Uh, Jarrett, Boot, Jarrett boots Ray in the to prevent the Bronco Buster. They start setting up something. Setting up the bar and the animal throw, Jarrett throw Jarrett through it. They do it, but Fathead makes the save. Ron gets, uh, Ron gets bulldozed, bulldozed, bulldozed. Excuse me, into the stop sign slash trash can. Ray breaks out the Arabian face, face buster with the wrong waist sign. Ray takes out Ron with the six one nine. Sydney came in over. A Pedisco Ray tries to run a Jerry, but gets power bombed over the ropes into a dumpster. The ref suddenly decides it's time to enforce tags. Rob makes the mistake of trying to power bomb Kidman, but you know how that goes. I don't get why tags are being enforced now. After all, there are no disqualifications in this match. So I, I guess it was to cover for Ray's selling of the power bomb, but it comes off as stupid. Uh, Kidman gets picked off for a while, and so he manages a bulldog on Jarrett. There's so much crap in the ring. Bits of cans and wood and stuff. Conan gets the hot tag and starts with the rolling clotheslines. Terrible X-Factor on Jarrett. But then he turns into the h bomb. Comes out. Out comes the table, and Ray is moving. He brings a broom with him and double clotheslines to Harris. Uh, with it, he beats Jarrett onto a table and looks for some springboard action. The Harris catch him and H-bomb him through a table. Through the table, Kidman hits the right and bomb Kid Crusher and looks for the SSP on Jarrett. Fathead breaks a bottle over his head. With Kidman out on his feet, Jarrett picks him off with the stroke for the win at 12 minutes and 31 seconds. I gave this a 2.5. Pretty entertaining crap again. Seemed a lot more energetic than usual. Austin, what did you think of this match?
1: Uh, yeah, pretty entertaining. The spots with all the crap in the ring and everything, and Rey Mysterio really shined. It was a shame that he wasn't in it for a large portion of the match. Um, I gave it a three. Alrighty.
0: So, our next match is for the tag titles. The perfect event, which was Plumbo and Stasuke, excuse me if I m- mispronounce these names, we will be defending against Kevin Nash and Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, this match, I went back and it apparently happened last month. The ice, the, apparently, the insiders were stripped of the belts because they pinned the wrong guys. So, before I made this rematch, uh, Mike Sanders accompanies the champs out there, but brings out Ric Flair to make his starcade appearance in order Sanders to uh, not interfere. As Sanders comes close to the ring, the belts automatically change hands. Flair says the same thing twice and then changes it to one foot in the ring, which is typical Flair to Bull announcement. Much like last month's match, this match starts with the old guys largely dominating. Even Nash gets to dodge something using his speed. Uh, DDP crotches Stazak on the ring post for giggles, but then the heat on DDP kicks in, much like it did last month. If you're going to run the same match, you could at least change it slightly. Uh, The crowd gets on Sanders' case, calling him a homo. Uh, Nash mopes around in his corner feel though work rate DDP, DDP, DDP takes a header into Skoski's groin for the second piece of crotch abuse for young Sean this evening he make a career out of Pratt Falls so it's good he's getting a little practice uh, this provides enough for an opening for Paige to fight back and a discus le- lariat on Pombo uh, he takes offense and goes low, but Paige still gets the hot tag. What? No fake hot tag? At least the tag is actually hot as the crowd pop. It stay hot. As Nash cleans house, Sanders goes low on Paige on the floor, which somehow is okay because he's not in the ring. Skoske blasts Nash with the belt, but Paige takes out takes him out with the diamond cutter. It makes the save. Out comes Jer Drink O'Hare but this means more diamond cutters. O'Hare cuts him down and looks for the senton for the, for the DQ by DDP crotches in Matt league's national loan. But Plumbo, down come the straps. Jack and I finishes this at 12 minutes and four seconds. Presuming the Pumbo was actually legal, I, which he was. I gave this match a two and a half, a two and a half out of five. They sure did have a formula down there. I'm, I'm thrilled they actually got something over Austin. What did you think of this match,
1: man? You're killing me here, Connor. Um, I thought this was match of the night. Mm. Um, it, I mean, it had near falls. It was—I don't know. It was there was something about it that made it really good to me. It was just—it um, was fun. It was entertaining. I didn't know anything really about the story. I just hopped into it. I didn't see the other match. They just put on a really good show. I gave it a four.
0: Alrighty. So give me a minute here. Anyway, our next match is Goldberg uh, versus Lex Luger. Uh, this is also a retreated of last month. At least Luger has spent the uh, intervening time, making himself somewhat legitimate threat, and thus this is no DQ. Luger bells out to avoid contact, as heels usually do when faces come out last. But Goldberg goes, just goes right after him. And we get another one of those brawls around ringside. Luger gets himself beaten up and thrown around, power slam. And this is all by the numbers crowd response is actually a little mixed, suggesting that Goldberg's pop- popularity uh, has went wanted somewhat outside again. And Goldberg gets run into his old friend, the ring post. I, l- I like the part of the network where it said of him spearing the post when he knocked himself out. Good stuff. Uh, seeing uh, this is no DQ, Luger grabs the chair out comes the Sarge, Dwayne, Bruce with Buff, Bagwell talking to him. You can smell the heel turn. Luger tries to Luger tries the ref trick to avoid Spear. To avoid the Spear. But, Bath pull, but Buff pulls out the ref out of the, out of the way. Sarge goes after Luger, but Luger has his brass knuckles and knocks out surge Goldberg gets them too, but kicks out. Buff is in the ring now and hits the blockbuster on Goldberg where uh, it's where claiming it's accidental at this point. I'm sure it was blank. Luger wants the rack and waste time posing. Uh, Goldberg grabs the ropes and hits a crappy uh, neckbreaker. Spear buff lays out and cement his heel statage. Goldberg is Lewis to it. Jackhammer and that's it for Luger at 7 minutes and 17 seconds. I gave this match a one and a half. Bad match, but at least there was some effort.
1: Austin, what did you think of this match? This match was really just a uh, a greatest hits match, wasn't it? You know, mm-hmm. like both guys got their stuff in and uh, uh, then it was over. Goldberg was is always a, a spectacle for me, especially like during his time that his streak was still going and uh, got all that hype behind him. Mm-hmm. I uh, I really liked it for that, just simply because it's Goldberg. I don't know what it is about him; he always just grabs my attention. But the match wasn't really anything to you know,
0: right? Home out home.
1: about, yeah. I gave it a uh, a two
0: point five. All right, so excuse me. So, uh, uh, post match, Buff nails Goldberg with a chair. Quite why he didn't do that during this note DQ match and could have ended Goldberg's career is anyone's guess. So Goldberg versus Serge versus Luger versus Bagwell. Sounds like the kind of match that would end Goldberg's WCW career rolls the eyes, you know, where you're rolling your eyes. WCW, our next, our main event of the evening is for the WCW title, Scott Steiner with, how do you say it? Medea, 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 I'm just going to say Medea versus Sid. They slug at each other to start Steiner's stuff looks, looks that, looks much more legit and Sid's foot stomping punches. Steiner overpowers Sid in a test of strength, but he's the babyface on, and, and evidently there's a comeback. And they do that for a while. So Sid has clearly been the Hogan babyface school, but ma- is it ma- Magia? Magia runs over to nail Sid with a pipe, although it sounded like wood. So I thought it was a baseball bat. Steiner uses a chair, so I presume this is also a uh, no DQ. A fan gets in Steiner's face. Uh, The fan says, F you, Steiner. What a gent. Bicep kiss, elbow, leads to the push-ups. That's uh, the crappy backbreaker connects. White Thunder, belly to belly, leads into the recliner. Majea has obviously spent too long hanging around Steiner as she's arguing with the fans, too. Sid grabs the rope and survives back to the recliner. Sid powers up as Majeya jumps in there and manages to knock Steiner over. Chokeslam. That like gets a two-cobra clutch from Sid into a slam. But the swing wind up knocks the ref over Mage- Is it Majeya? Majeya? Uh, I'm just going to say Majaya. Sets up Sid. Sets Sid up for the lead pipe in the back from the champ, Majeya. I'm Magia really learned her role during this run. Another ref is out there, but Sid kicks out. Now Jeff Jarrett runs out there with the guitar, but he miscues as well. Steiner takes out a, a, a acoustic equalizer. Watson's miscues tonight. Heels are trash. Jarrett yanks the ref out, but it's little netch, so he runs around Jarrett and jumps in the back for the two count. Steiner goes low twice to avoid the powerbomb in the exporter. Exploder scores for Kleiner again, and Sid is nowhere near the ropes. It put Booker out cold before, and Sid follows him into La La Land. At 10 minutes and 12 seconds, Steiner retains. What do you know? I'm surprised as you guys. I gave this match a 2 out of 5. Austin. What did you
1: think of this match? Meh. Wasn't good. Wasn't bad. 2.5. All right. So, actually,
0: here, here's the thing. I was quite shocked. It's not so much that this is a good show, but just the fact that it isn't a bad show. That's so impressive, considering the cultivative crap that went into Star Cave. It was almost certainly going to be a disaster, of course. All the booking is horrible. But at least some wrestlers were carrying again at this point. Probably because sale of WCW was going to happen sooner or later. So they had to impress their new owners. Austin, what was
1: your final grade for the whole show? Um, and this is with the uh, averages of each match score. Um, it's a 2.9. Two point nine. I
0: gave this match a overall grade of a two point
1: five. I mean, you know, it was kind of all thrown together; it was a bit weird, and I don't know. There's just something right, right. that was off. But the matches were actually, for the most part, pretty fun. The low point for me was uh, Lance Storm versus Ernest Miller. That match was the second match on the card. Mm-hmm. Meh. Um, but even a two, two was like bad, but not that bad. And then my favorite match of the night was the, uh the, uh, the perfect event and the. Um, I already forgot their name. My bad. But I give that one a four just because it was really fun and uh, probably the best technical match on the card. All in all, it was it, was, it was more meh. good than bad. Meh. But overall, in general, it was, pretty, it was pretty meh.
0: It was a meh show. And so with that, we are recording this on a Thursday, of course, so Friday we will be coming out with our WWE Stomping Grounds Preview and Predictions Podcast. So, uh, come out. Be looking forward to that. And Austin, would you like to announce what we will be reviewing for next week's episode of
1: Throwback Thursday? Sure. Next week on Throwback Thursday, we're going to be doing WWE... Bad Blood 2003. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. This throwback Thursday,
0: two weeks from now, falls on July 4th. Austin, should I tell him or do you want to tell him?
1: Go ahead, Connor. We will be reviewing Thursday, July 4th.
0: We will be reviewing WCW Great American Bash
1: 1989. A lot of people saying this is their favorite pay-per-view of all time, so it should be a fun one.
0: All right, guys. We will see you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Connor with the Connor Knows Wrestling Podcast, and Austin, this is your cue. Oh, yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.